it's time for the Super Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. And here's your hosts, Paulie G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanscom, and Andrew Muldock Molinaroli. Yeah, it sure is. Round one in the books. Here we are again. Uh, I am Paul, Paul Grzadka. With you for another episode of the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable Podcast, Ryan MS with us as always. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Good. Enjoy the um, the weekend footy, weekend back of footy. <laughs> yeah, I did, actually, uh, more so um, from Friday night, uh, which was fantastic, <laughs> and the rest of the round w- uh, looked pretty good after that, too. Speaking of people that should have enjoyed the weekend, top of the table, Dragons, Peter Hanscom with us. How are you, mate? Yeah, uh, what a great start, hey? Um, yeah, it was great out there at Cogger. Every time we touched the ball, we scored a try. It was uh, it was excellent against the team that's supposed to be premiership favourites. And yeah, like you guys, I I really enjoyed the rest of the weekends for you too. Some some good performances, and yeah, looking forward to round two. And Andrew Moldock, Mullinaroli, the Eagles not making a tri- uh, a trifecta for us Super Gage pros, but it still was a pretty impressive performance. It's a it's a pretty damn good Parramatta side. Yeah, I mean, it was it was encouraging for Manly, but yeah, like like you said, it was um, tough in the end to watch Manly. Parra did play well, but yeah, um, you know, had to wait all weekend for my team to play, and then they disappoint me. So yeah, bring on round two, eh? Let's move on to what we learned uh, from round one, and I guess Ryan, um, you know, Tedesco, an absolute gun. He's just a must-have in in everybody's lineup. We talked about it last week, and when we previewed the West Tigers and. There you go. I mean, they weren't tipped to even beat South, so they weren't, weren't favourites, but he's gone out and destroyed them. Yeah, absolutely. Blitzed them, um, continuing on from last year, really. Uh, if he stays healthy, who, who knows what he can do uh, super coach wise uh, But, yeah, he, you've got to get him in there. If he's not in there, uh, you've got to get him in there by round three. That's basically it. He's going to be the one of the um, top three fullbacks. Yeah, I think you've got to get him in now. I think get him straight in this round if you don't already own him. Um, another thing we learned, I guess, uh, Andrew, captain your studs via the Knights. I mean, again, Sean Johnson, um, you know, wasn't looking that fabulous in the preseason, didn't even really show in the nines, you know, that whole injury, fake injury, whatever you want to call it, but uh, just destroyed him and did it most of it in the first half against Newcastle. Oh, I mean, he's... Like I said, he's always one of my first picked, and 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 sorry to say that it's the same old thing for the Knights. Um, yeah, if you got a stud playing against Newcastle, he's it's best that you you know think about putting him as your captain because he's you know he he saved a lot of people's rounds this uh, this this round because it was a pretty low scoring round, um, you know, due to Sydney's weather. But yeah, I think um, yeah. Sean Johnson or any stud against the Newcastle, you need to, you need to, uh, yeah, seriously consider them as captains. And Pete, I guess you know, I know your boy's doing very, very well. But on the flip side, um, was it more that Penrith also were were quite bad, and and you know maybe that's the 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 real shock coming out of the first round, how bad Penrith were. Well, as I as I mentioned in the intro, you know that. Up- are supposedly one of the premiership favourites. I'm still sort of trying to work that out since they finished about sixth or seventh last year. Um, they weren't very good at all, Penrith, let's, let's face it. There's a, an awful lot of drop ball. Uh, Samu 
uh, in his first game for Penrith, uh, coming down from the Cowboys, a big signing, had a quite a disappointing game. And, yeah, there, there wasn't really a good player there. Like, young Nathan Cleary had a couple of inspirational bursts, but, but that was pretty much it. A little bit of backline class there involving Matt Moylan to, to score a couple of tries in the corner, but put outside backs to score a couple of tries in the corner. But, yeah, they were just outplayed and out-enthused and out-bustled all day. It was, it was a real surprise. So maybe... I don't know, is it a one-bag game or is it a sign of things to come? We shall see very soon. Well, I'm worried with the whole Bryce Cartwright off-field thing. Um, you know, believing your own hype, a fairly young side, Andrew, is this cause for concern now? I mean, Penrith had a great draw uh, and we don't like to overplay things. We've done a lot of research, you know, in the off-season, the pre-season games, the nines, everything. Round one, and you can check out my blog where I, reference it at www.supercatchpros.com you know you don't want to throw it all out for the sake of one round but if there is an exception could it be the Panthers are we seeing them as the team that don't you know live up to expectations a la you know Roosters and South sort of last year no I, I still think that Penrith I mean it's a blip I think they'll go back to the drawing board a little bit I mean they, they, the way that they played um, it was really I mean, it looked like they were trying to do a bit too much with the ball too early, So, and, and they kind of started chasing the game. I don't think we should panic just yet. Um, I do think that Bryce Cartwright might be still a little bit overpriced in the second row there, so I think I'll be steering clear of him for a little while. But all in all, um, I think they'll bounce back. But, yeah, I, like I said, stay the course and, and maybe steer clear of if Cartwright for now. Um, I think Peachy's going to get better and better. I think Merrin just had a tough game. Um, yeah, Penrith, I think, yeah, they've still got a pretty favourable draw, so I'd, I'd st- st- stick with them. I was surprised um, that Matt Moylan didn't get more involved in the game, Ryan. I mean, that, you know, I think Peachy, you get away with his score. You know, Cartwright, well, hopefully you probably he probably was too high anyway. You don't have him. But Moylan, I thought we might see him really injecting himself a bit more, particularly when they got down. Yeah, well, I'm not sure what happened there. I, the only thing I can point to is that they just got um, absolutely smashed in the forwards. Uh, Dragons just played power game and, yeah, played right through them. And, yeah, I just don't think they gave him anything to, to work with, really. Um, and all Penrith were, were down. And whether or not it was a ploy uh, by Anthony... Griffin, um, considering his after his after match comments of uh, well, that'll um, put to bed any um, favouritism. Um, maybe it was a, a shrewd play to not have him up for that game. I don't know, but regardless, that was bad. Well, he and brought off his three middle third. He brought off his three middle third players after about twenty minutes. That's pretty much unheard of. He just he basically yeah. hooked them. Yeah. Well, look, they were they were playing awful. So. Merrin played very few it's, minutes. Against his old club, we could have expected a big game. He was only out there for, I think, less than 45 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't a great great day for Penrith regardless, and it certainly um, stuffed up a lot of people's supercoach teams. All right, the other guy that, uh, you know, considering his price tag below par, and I know weather had a, had a factor, but I was concerned, Pete, that he didn't look to run from dummy half at all, and that's Cameron Smith and 38 supercoach points. That's a worry when you're paying... Of rolled gold, five twenty-three thousand for him. And if you were to assess the game afterwards, you know, as 
for Melbourne win, 12-6 in tight conditions where they lost Bromwich early, you would think, oh, well, uh, Smith has, has got him home with a, with a good kicking game and, you know, a stack of tackles like he normally does. And, you know, he's probably scored around 90 points or maybe a little bit more super catch-wise. But, yeah, it is a big surprise uh, that he's only got that many. Um, once again, like we, we keep saying about Melbourne, like each year, oh, you know, this is their final year. You know, they can't make it. You know, they're getting a little bit too old. Maybe. I, I don't want to be the one to say it, but maybe it's a little bit of the changing of the guard in the, in the NRL and, in, and maybe in Supercoach as well. But it's hard It's hard to knock a great player like Smith. Maybe he's just a bit tired after the, the off-season that he had. Um, you know, he's playing all the rep footy and so on. Well, Give him he might be preserving his I, career. That's what I'm wondering. Just by the, the you know Absolutely. more more looking after the, the game and, and controlling the game rather than taking the line on himself and, and therefore you know maybe not as many super coach points. That's something to watch this week. Absolutely. They play they play the Warriors, Andrew, and the Warriors usually put up a good fight against Melbourne and have started the year well enough. I know it was only the Knights, but they got the two points over there. Johnson and RTS looked pretty good. Ryan Hoffman, Simon Mannering as well. Um, are you worried about Cameron Smith? Do you need to look to move on from him? I mean, a lot of people potentially will next round anyway because of um, his cost, and, and we'll go with three trade strategy a little bit later in the show, but is he a potential trade-out as of now? I mean, he could be. Depends if you want to burn the trade. But he, he he's going to be the best um, hooker at the end of the year. You can you can almost guarantee that. I mean, who's who's the next closest? I'm worried be... that Josh Hodgson's going to surpass him. The Raiders, you know, he didn't have to do an awful lot in that game. He still put up 65 points against you know the Cowboys, one of the hardest teams to score super catch points against. Hodgson obviously not playing Origin. Um, I, I'm I'm thinking. There could be a changing of the guard. Yeah, I mean, there could be. So, he's, it depends on what he scores this week. If he scores, you know, sub-50s, then you've got to seriously consider... You'd have to trade him out. You'd lose too trade much. Trade him out. Cause he's, but like I said, it depends. He's, he's going to be up there in hookers at the end of the year. So, it's, it's, it's about managing your cap, I guess. And, like, for me, he's going he's gonna to be... Uh, losing a fair bit of money, and it's hard to hard to kind of justify, especially if he's not putting up the big points. It's um, disappointing because you yeah, hope exactly. in those first two rounds. Look, my game plan was all along trade out Cameron Smith after the second round at five twenty three thousand. It's just too much. I want to build up my salary cap at this time of year. That's what I'm most interested in doing, and obviously I want to get good points in the meantime. Getting him basically for free for two weeks for me was worth the trade out. I can bring him back in later when it works for me. Um, it hasn't worked out so far because he didn't put up the points I expected of him. Um, none of the hookers really did except for Cameron McGuinness um, and Josh Hodgson, you know, a reasonable score. So I'm worried with the Warriors and with looking to balance my lineup. I will, Smith will probably stay this round, but I don't think he's a he's a out-and-out keeper. I think if you if you need to make a move and, you know, need to get some other players in there, I, especially a guy like Tedesco, if you missed, if you missed that one, you know, I don't think Smith is a definite, definite hold as early as this round because I am worried, looking back the last two years against the Warriors, he's only had the one breakout game out of four, 92 points the last time they met, and the Warriors were in disarray then, late late last year. 
so I'm a bit worried about it. Um, but, uh, Andrew, you're probably right. Going to give him a, another week. Uh, Ryan, any other surprises or, or regrets, I guess? Um, well, look, the surprise, um, and it wasn't a pleasant one, was that, and it, and it goes along with that, the fact that um, Penrith three outplayed, it was Nathan Cleary, um, only got 30 points, which was well below his predicted. Yeah. And, it, I mean, I think it was exactly half of his predicted points, which is not great. Um, and given he's a guy who, you know, a lot of the stuff comes off the back of, uh, it's not a good look. But, uh, look, I think it's round one. you really got to, you know, you really got to see how things are travelling um, you know, round two and round three before there's a real need to go, well, we Jesus, this guy is costing me a bomb. Yeah, it, do we do I, have yeah, to make the do move. Do I move on? Or? Because if they move, to, if they lose too much before round three, you don't want to, you don't want to cop that hit. So, yeah, the pressure's yeah. on right now, really, um, to get it right. And these are the tough calls you've got to make. That's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I know a lot of people are going, oh, you know, save your trades and don't trade. But if you're in overall, you've, you've also got to go got for to, it. Yeah, you've also got to be very... Um, very astute with the trades that you're using in the early rounds um, if you're going to use them. And we'll talk trade strategy um, a bit later in the show. Pete, anything that caught your attention round one? Um, well, obviously, uh, Joel Thompson sitting up the top with 137 points, but that was, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit of a blip, really. Well, we but talked about it, place. didn't we, in, in the um, St George previews earlier. Um, in the pre-season yeah. podcast, just desperately looking. I think we had a tweet about it, looking for a, a second row that plays centre and winger, and we said, well, you know, after Mau and um, maybe Orbison, Thompson was was there. Absolutely. Well, you know, he, he's he's always been a decent quality player, um, and he's, more importantly than that, also for Supercoach, he's a dual position player, and we've, we've spoken previously on the show about how important that is. So he's a good one. Yeah, and what about you, Andrew? Any any surprises for you? Well, I think the uh, St George Ford pack—they're uh, pretty. I mean, they played unbelievably well. We, we did speak about it earlier on the, in some of our preview shows about St George. About you know, they they, they do have a good Ford pack. Um, you know, Tyson Frizzell is—you know—he's probably got a bit more of an um, consistency, super coach wise, than Thompson, but. I mean, you can't deny those numbers. And if they're going to play like that every week, why wouldn't you get you know someone like Thompson who can play second row and, and in the centres? But like I said, I think uh, St George Fords have, have always had that in them. I mean, I, I did kind of scare a few people away by saying steer clear, but um, there were the options in the Fords that we always did like to target. So, yeah, I mean... St George, they they were the big surprise packet for me, and and you know it was no secret that they had their issues with scoring points, and then in turn scoring um, supercoach points. But yeah, it was a really um, refreshing to see them play so well, and you know score so many tries and points. Jack DeBell and the sort of kicking myself that um, talking about St George. I mean, he is that that. Um good, you know, a player. I think he'll even if St George do come back to the field, as we probably expect they will after that big match, he's the guy that could still get it done. Um, and Latrell Mitchell, just 
had him in my lineup until the last minute, and now you know I'm going to have to use up a trade to get him in because I think they're going to continue on their merry way this week. But we'll, well, probably is a good time now um, to seg into the teams for this week and um, team changes. Well, look, Roosters Dogs are one to seventeen. The Warriors have brought back Aaron Clark, who was a late um, mission for for Bodine Thompson. He'll come in for Isaiah Papali. Um, I guess cover for Isaac Luke, who had that rib injury. Um, Kicking for goal, no less. <laughs> oh, that was an odd one. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim Glasby comes in for the injured Jesse Bromwich. We're hearing Bromwich out for a couple of weeks. Um, Joe Stimson, an interesting cheapie that we've been keeping an eye on, um, comes on the bench if he manages to get to that third game. Um, you might want to bring him in if he goes all right. So he's a definite watch list candidate. And Tony Winterstein back for the Cowboys, at least in name. We still think Bowen could get the role there again this week. Broncos, no changes. Um, bad luck if you own Dillian Pythian. He's out long-term there with um, an ACL injury. Brendan Elliott will replace him. A bit surprising, Ryan, that Elliott gets the role at fullback ahead of either Gagai or, or Pat, uh, Peter Mataudia. Do you think there could be a, a change there? Is Nathan Brown being honest with us? I think he is, um, judging by what he's got um, in his 21. I would say that he's giving him first crack. Uh, whether or not he, there's some positional changes before before the games uh, played, that that's the, that's the other question. Because um, I do know that um, Kinsia has played fullback at times, and you mentioned Peter Mataudia as well. Brendan Elliott's um, played all through the back line, so he's pretty interchangeable there. Um, moving on to the manly side, Miles um, will get the start ahead of Marty Tapao, um, outspended as is Fanua Blake. Lloyd Perrett also out injured, so Cameron Cullen's the interesting one there, Andrew, getting a role um, on the bench um, along with Jared Kennedy and Sean Lane, so I assume that means he'll deputise when a Coruscant comes off and not Lewis Brown at dummy half. Uh, it's the logical. Uh, it's a logical choice, you'd think, so, I mean... Who knows? I, I know Trent Barrett has wraps on Lewis Brown, and I know that Lewis Brown is a very versatile player, but I, I'm not sure if he's the right fit. Um, I'd like to see Carlin have a go, and, and um, I think he's got a lot of potential, so it should be interesting. Um, but yeah, but like I said, I think Lewis Brown will probably probably get the nod. So you think Cullen won't, even though he's been named at 14, he won't actually play? Yeah, I, I don't see where he fits in because he's, he's not... I mean, we're missing two front rowers. When I say we, Manly. Manly, we're missing two front rowers and it's not too much of a change from last last week. So, that, I mean... The only guy that could come in is Billy Bainbridge. He's the only yeah. forward on the 21, on, from 18 to 21. So, yeah, I, I, I just don't see where Cullen comes into it. That's I mean, I, I, I could be wrong, but I just I don't see, from last week's team, I don't see where Cullen would come into it. He'd have to play. You're right, but they, they're short on props. They're short on middle third players. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting Yeah, I mean, one. so Kennedy and Chavovic Lane will back probably play more minutes this week, so that, mm. that's something for all you... Um, Winterstein might Jake Chavovic. And... and and Sean Lane might have to move to the middle third. Yeah, so oh, it should be interesting. 
keep it keep us on our toes. <laughs> Souths have got their fair whack of changes too with uh, Greg Inglis, you know, and that uh, unfortunate ACL. I think we all knew know about that. Um, no point going into detail there uh, on that one. Braden Burns, um, exciting, cheapy. Maybe you kept him in your lineup. I think he was in a lot of people's lineups until last Tuesday. Um, looks like you're going to get something out of him now. Look, worst case scenario, you can wait two weeks. That round four trade in, you know, or after round three, when you've you've done the best you can. Most people have popped. Burns won't have popped yet, so you can hold out on him for a couple of weeks. Um, and Aaron Crichton, probably a similar deal because he's at two hundred and three thousand, fairly cheap. Coming off the bench, we can get a look at him before we decide to bring him in or not. But he's a guy with plenty of potential. Um, you know, a little bit of Sam Burgess about him and replacing Sam's brother, ironically enough, Thomas Burgess. And the other interesting thing, Adam Reynolds moves into the 21. So I guess there's some outside chance that he plays. Um, Jack White and Joseph Paulo back for the Raiders, but they do lose Clay Priest and Joseph Tarpane. Santo also drops out. So Scott Sorensen comes onto the bench. Sharks, they might have lost last week, but they're sticking with the same 17. Um... No Peter Hickey for the Panthers, so Dylan Edwards coming in. For him, note that Dallin Watini Zelezniak has been named in the 21, so I guess he's an outside chance of playing. We'll monitor that one. And the Dragons and the Eels are 1-17, to and it'll be interesting to see who uh, are the big names for round two. Um, definitely on the back of round one, James Tedesco v. the Panthers. We saw Josh Dugan put up three figures there, Ryan um, against Penrith and Jay Tedesco putting up three figures against South last week. So I guess um, maybe your captain option could could be that man, um, James Tedesco, this round. Yeah, definitely. Look, I, I think he started off pretty good fashion. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, when the guy's playing well, he's either creating tries or scoring them. Um, and that was proven last year as well. Uh so, look, I, I think he's a solid option. And I think definitely at the moment, uh, whatever's happening uh, with your general, um, you know, your normal point scorers, uh, you know, there's there's been a little bit of a change as we were discussing at the start of the program. So I, I think uh, Tedesco is a very good option. I don't really want to put you in this spot, but after last year and the fact that Norman and Gutherson were so good, um, so high in points scoring on the weekend, Andrew. Is Cody Walker an option against the Eagles? Oh, I, I don't think so. I think because Bryson Goodwin's kicking goals, I think that I think he's the well, Goodwin himself could could go large, couldn't he? Yeah, he could. I'd, yeah, I, South for me, they're a bit. On the nose, if I'm honest, so I'm I'm steering clear of everyone from South. Mate, I'm obviously keeping Burgess, but Sammy Burgess, that is. But yeah, I'm I'm steering clear. I, I'm got no faith in them at the moment. Um, I know it's only been one round, but yeah, they they didn't look too good, um, and they just look really lost without Reynolds. So I'm steering clear for a little while. Um, yeah, I, I can't see anyone really catching my eye, even against. You know, manly, sad to say. <laughs> well, Pete, what about the guy, you know, who was awesome last week, admittedly a tough matchup this week against the Broncos, but Jason Tamalolo? Yeah, what more can you say about him? Excellent player, and as you said, I uh, was in good form the other day against the Raiders. 
it is it is a very tough matchup, and we're always talking about the predictor and tough matchups. But he he is an option. Let's not. I really I, I like what uh, Ryan says about uh, Tedesco. I think would be the number one pick as captain. But yeah, Tamalolo, if you've got him in your team, you haven't got Tedesco, or you can't get him. Um, definitely uh, worthwhile to consider. I didn't really think much of Gold Coast on the weekend, a lot of injuries and, and etc. But they do play the Knights this week, Ryan. Maybe an Ash Taylor, maybe a Ryan James. Is, are they, do you even go there, or are they a bit of a, a no-go zone themselves? I think they're a bit of a no-go at the moment. Um, to me, they just don't seem like they're sorted out. Um, what's actually going on? Yeah, they played um, some good football for about 25 minutes in the second half um, where they were uh, starting to come back. But until they get it all sorted, I, I think there's problems with um, too many captains uh, running the ship. <laughs> A lot of issues there, um, aren't there? The Jared Hayne yeah. effect. <laughs> That's, that was what I was the, saying. The Eels, saying <laughs> the Niners, and uh, now the Titans. <laughs> yeah, look, I think... Um, Look, I'm going to say my one out of, my one out of left field um, is Ignatius Parsi is back and he's on the bench. And so, Jeez, he um, looked good. He gave them something, didn't he? He gave them a little bit of fire there. And part of the reason that their comeback against Roosters was on the back of Parsi. Yeah, and I, 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 he was great last year. Um, obviously, he was a bit more value because he was playing more minutes and he was in the starting side. But um, I, I think that he's probably probably going to get a few more minutes this week and you never know you'd probably want to watch more than anything else but I, I still think he offers some value on the flip side at least for daily leagues I love Nathan Ross I mean the left the right edge of the Titans defensively are horrible and Nathan Ross he he finds his way to the line he doesn't seem to matter what the situation um yeah, yeah, I love that. If you're playing in a daily league, get Nathan Ross in there. Absolutely, I, I think they can exploit that um, if they're on. I mean, they played pretty well against the Warriors, so uh, yeah, they'll be charging down um, Anthony Don Swing and William and Zulman Swing for sure. Yeah, they've got Don there and Conrad Hurrell, who when he gets it right, he smashes him, but he sometimes he gets the reads wrong, and that's. that's it's not an easy one, and I think Ash Taylor's the other guy out, out there. And Kevin Proctor was, of course, um, out there for a while. Anyway, the first half until he went off injured. So they were really struggling um, to control the likes of Latrell Mitchell and Daniel Tupo and, and Luke Curie. He was really impressive. Uh, Andrew, I know we half wrote him off before, but it's flashing up on the predictor. Bryce Cartwright v. the Tigers. Is there any way... Is that If, if, if Penrith are going to come back... Is it against the Tigers? I mean, I know they thrash South, but geez, some Rabbitohs players put up some decent super coach scores regardless. Um, is this a chance for Penrith to atone for the last week's uh, big loss to the Dragons? I'm not writing off Cartwright altogether. I just I just personally think he's a bit overpriced at the moment. I mean, um, St George really uh, exploited his, his you know defensive deficiencies, didn't they? Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, like I said, he's just a bit overpriced for me. I mean, I still like Peachy, I still like Marin, but yeah, for me, Cartwright, um, yeah, he's just a little bit overpriced. Um, I, I mean, I really like, I really like the look of the Tigers on round one. They, um, their forwards really aimed up, and they're, they're young and, and 
they're keen and, and you know they're, they're jumping out of their skin, so they're not going to give too much away um, got a, you know, in the physical physicality stake. So yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm just yeah not not convinced on Cartwright just yet. Like I said, not writing him off, but I just think, I think I might just wait for him to drop in price a little bit. They got a good record against Panthers generally, especially um, out of Campbelltown. That's going to be a tough game for Penrith. Um, and Pete. I know your mob had a big one last week, but we saw last year they could be exploited. And you know, Corey Norman three-figure score last Sunday. Is that is that a player you could look at this week? Absolutely, he was excellent on Sunday against Manly. Um, he just basically ran the whole show, scored a great little individual trial of a very short uh, little grubber, um, and he was he was just everywhere. Um, he gave like blokes like Treboy, uh, Tom Treboy. Which no room at all at the back. They were just running off their line all day, manly. Um, so yeah, he's certainly one to one to watch. Um, he appears to put his uh, off-field and so on issues behind him as well, which is great for him and the game. He is one that could yeah, do some real damage, super coach-wise, against the Dragons on on Sunday. He's in great form and he's got a good hard board pack behind in front of him as well. This is the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast. We do it each and every Tuesday night when the team lists are announced. And uh, just go through everything for you. We can go to our website, www.supercoachpros.com to download or on iTunes. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Supercoachpros. We hit the 500, just in time for the start of the season. That was a bit of a, a benchmark for us. And we managed to just hit it, which was a nice nice moment for the for all of us here. Um, so thank you very much if you already follow us. If not, get on board. Um, follow us on Twitter. We're working towards a new Facebook page. Some of you may have already liked our old Facebook page, um, which is fine and, and all well and good, but uh, working towards something bigger, brighter and better. We'll let you know about that soon. Um, and also go to the website for... Now we're underway. We've got recaps up there. The previews will be up there shortly. I've got a blog um, about what we learned, which we'll be trying to do um, each week, at least in the in the early section of the season. And um, get get on board every way every way you can. Um, we all love Supercoach. You know, there's a good Supercoach uh, community out there now. I think it's really developed over the last few years. And uh, glad that you know you're on board, you're listening, and 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 you're a part of it. And if you only listen to the podcast and not doing those other things we recommend get it get in there and do that as well and uh hopefully we're we're helping you get up for a win um i know that under in our league sc under the radar won the won the league i think we finished 500th uh, which wasn't a bad effort considering some of the you know the the issues with the weather and that um a few disappointments with cameron smith and you know couple of other players, Dean Farre, I think the less said about Dean Farre, the better, but I'm sure we're going to talk about him when we get to our <laughs> tweets right now, uh, actually. And we're going to start with a trade strategy tweet. This uh, comes from Johnny Turk. He's worried about that man, Dean Farre, um, basically saying he needs to get Moses Suley. He's got all these other players are firing, or his other rookies, uh, and wants to swap out Farre for Suley. And I guess the big thing... Uh, Ryan, I know we talked about it a bit earlier in the show about these trades. You know, you've got to be judicious, but realistically and overall, it is a good time to make two trades this week and two trades next week. It's not wasting them, and you get that opportunity. You can see, you know, if a player like Suley comes up, you didn't have him in your lineup, you've got to get him in there before it's too late. Probably still got another week, although, 
you know, it's hard to tell the way the Panthers played last week, but you're probably still on the week if you have to. Um, we trade strategy wise, you know, if you've got guys trying to project are going to lose points. We saw Cameron Smith; he's going to lose or well, lose not points, but lose cost. Um, his, his salary is going to go down. Your salary cap will go down if you hold him. Um, after round two, it looks that way now. Pretty, it w- would have always been that way, but it looks like it's going to be a big hit. Other guys like Tom Trebrovic, um, you know, Nathan Cleary, Bryce Cartwright, you know, they really need a big round this round. It is the Tigers, but it's not going to be easy. Easy um, considering how well they played against Souths. And, and I guess, Ryan, the question is um, do you find a bigger, a higher priced person and to save your cash and, and hold on to Dean Furry on your bench, not starting? Or do you just cut it and go 12? And he's not going to get a price rise anyway. You know, with a score like twelve. Yeah, well, look, that's the thing, and I, I think if you if you are talking solely about someone like Sully who um, had a really big um, first round, he's always he's going to price rise regardless from now on, even if he just has average games for the next two, and you know he's going to play those games, barring injury, of course. So you would think that. He'd be better value for for money, um, not only value for money, but he'll also will make you more money um, than Fare. Um, it's a, it's an obvious Fare one, but doesn't he, dominate. But, yeah, this week. But if you can get both in, I think you might do better even again. And the other issue is round one's score will drop off. So the way the super coach, the the rolling change to the salary. It affects the previous three rounds. So round one, it's a little bit of a misnomer. Round two is the big round. If someone scores 100 in round two, that will last the price rise of round three and the price rise in round four. Whereas someone gets a big score, let's say Suli only gets 12 this week and Farre gets 103. I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's not. But let's say it did happen. Farre will get the double price rise in round three and four, whereas Suli will only get the big tick in round three because that first round will drop off. So it's why we're always cautious in round one. We look the other way instead. We look at those bigger names and say, who can we get out who's definitely going to lose money regardless of what happens this week that's not going to affect my overall score too much rather than the cheapy to get out and we can get rid of those guys the next round. But I get it. If, you, if you've named a bunch of studs and you're on fire then Farah can go because there's no way that he's looking the business at the moment. He really is just a, a hold if you don't have anything else going on. He's not a must-sell. But if you've got a good team, and Johnny, from your tweets, you're saying you do, then or by all means, you know, make make that move. But just, just be aware of a few of those things when we're looking at trade strategy for overall um, in those first couple of rounds because it... it those little nuances can be can be something, and, and Johnny, you may already know them all, but some of our listeners, you know, might not know sort of all those little intricacies of the SuperCoach scoring system and the and the pricing system. So, just something to be aware of, and we, and you know, we'll be continuing with our predictor through the rounds once we get to it, is looking at, at our predicted scores and how that affects salary rather than um, SuperCoach Gold, which is a great tool. Everyone should go out and get it but they look at it from their predicted score. So we just offer a little bit of a difference there as well. 
Uh, Sturt Hodgson asks, what are your thoughts re-getting rid of Smith for McInnes? Also, Jesse Bromwich out for Dale Finucane. Are there any other must-gets? Um, Peter, Peter, I guess we talked a little bit about Cameron Smith already, but maybe this is a little bit premature because, again, that big round one score might not apply to round two. The Eels are very tough to score Supercoach points against. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Ex- you, you wouldn't expect uh, McKenna's to get a, as anywhere near as big a score against Parramatta for the reasons you just you just suggested. Um, and it's pretty much detailed to what you were saying about, as you correctly pointed out, about the the round one score dropping off and the the increase going through to to, to round for for, uh, for three rounds. As much as it, it makes sense, um, no, it's well, sorry. We discussed Cameron Smith earlier in the show. Um, it's it is a very tricky one. Having said all of that, I would personally still stick with Cameron Smith at the moment. But Gene McInnes looked good the other day. Um, it's a tough one, but yeah, just for the reasons you said, I think I would still stick with Cameron Smith. It's a it's showing faith in a proven performer against one who he really hasn't proved himself yet. And so often, you know, sometimes players to get off a off to a little bit of a slow start. We've seen it from other players like Jonathan Thurston in past years, and I think that you're better off just sticking with Cameron Smith at the moment. But it's a, it's a, a very, very good question. It, next week, you might be changing your tune, and Smith has to go, which mm. means you have to think about a trade um, that you're not going to get to make next week because you've got to get Smith out. So that's where you're really balancing it up. Um, Josh Hodgson's probably still ahead of McInnes. Look, if you own McInnes, you're laughing. He was the best hooker to own from going in. Now we know that. But um, to trade him in, it's still maybe a little bit risky. Maybe Hodgson is still ahead of him anyway. Um, Gav asks, is Jesse Bromwich to... uh, We should mention with Sturt's other one. Andrew, I'll throw it to you. Jesse out for Dale Finucane. I'm probably looking more at a a Jack DeBellin. Yeah, that's a really good option. Just with... uh... St George's preseason woes, or we won't call them woes because they, they they're not obviously because they, they scored some awesome points. I think Jack Devellin's probably a really good point of difference um, this early on in the season. Um, we we know that he's a, a proven performer, but I, like I said, I think a lot of people would have not been on a lot of St George players because you know he's. Um, yeah, they, they they would listen to the media and and mm. you know well, I've been Georgia and last. So so far they've. I don't think a lot of people would have had him. <laughs> um, I think the Bellin would continue with with um, that form, even if yeah, he's he, he, that's the thing. Like he's he's a proven performer, so he, it's not like there was a one off for him. You know, like one hundred three is a great score. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, he won't do that every week, but he's a proven performer and he, he will score large uh, more often than not. And Finucane will do very well with Bromwich out. And, in fact, Finucane, at his price, is a good deal, even with Bromwich in. So you're not going to do work. You can, that will be fine. I guess if you're looking at Finucane just because Bromwich is out, you're not, maybe you look at DeBellin instead. Maybe you get a higher price rise out of DeBellin. But Finucane is solid very solid, and I, and I think he is a guy that, you know, probably more like James Graham was a year or two ago, where he wasn't quite in your top 25, like, but he was close. That's probably Finucane at the end of, the, when all said and done, at the end of this year. We'll lob in a few into the one here, because Jono asks, 
hold or trade for Jesse Bromwich because he's out for a couple of weeks. From the sideline asks, Jay Brom a trade or hold if you have a weak forward pack. He's got Jake Jabrovich, Frank, um, Felice Cafusi and Isaiah Papali, who's now 18th man. And Gav asks, is Jay Brom to Teddy a good idea or hold or cheap forwards? Uh, Ryan, there's a bit to sort of stew over there and we've already talked a bit about you know, Jack DeBellin in, but can you could you rejig your lineup and get Tedesco in there and find find a cheapie? Is, is someone like a Luke Bateman? You know, can you save some money with it with a guy like him in the low sub two twenties, two thirties? Well, yeah, I guess it depends on what you want to do. Do you want to? Are you after points or are you after? You know, do you want to cash yourself up? Um, if you want to cash yourself up, then I think someone like Bateman or. Um, you know that kind of guy who's cheap but going to play. If you, you know, could do he's both, not going to play. It'd be great, wouldn't minutes. it? Teddy and, and and Bateman in for Bromwich and and a mid-priced back. Yeah, that's not a bad option. Um, look, if you're going for points, um, and you're you know playing it, I, I guess yeah, like it's you know you're playing it safe or you or you're taking a risk. Playing it safe, you're gonna you're probably going to hold. Bromwich because obviously the guy is consistent, but obviously um, it's it's a tough in the first couple of rounds, uh, especially when he goes down for you know two of those games. So look, I would say personally, I would look for look for other uh, options, um, as like the one we discussed just then. Uh, but it all depends on how risk averse you are. Because it, it it will be a risky a risky option, and it's going to be. Tough. I'm just going to yeah, sorry. Go ahead, pause. Mate. Jump in here, mate. I just think um I think you need to get Tedesco if you don't have him in. You need to find a way to get him in. Um, Bromwich yeah, only scored eleven. He's going to lose you money. So you say hold or or trade, but unless you're in a head to head league where you're trying to save all your trades for the finals, which is fair enough strategy, and, and a lot of our listeners do just play head to head. That was where we started out, and, and still, yeah. It's a, I mean, that's a long term goal. Isn't you know, it, it is a fair long term like, goal. Keep him, but if you're in keep overall, him, but like I said, yeah, you're going to lose if you, money. If you don't have te- Teddy, you need to get him in. You do, and you and you're going to and and that's the easiest way because Teddy to Bromwich is a similar enough cost, a little bit more expensive, but you could you could probably make that work. Um, but in in line to sort of John from the sideline, I I think unless. You're really just looking to save those trades because you're only in a head-to-head league. You're not interested in overall. I think he's got to be a sell. He's just going to lose too much money. And regardless of head-to-head or, or overall, a lot of your strategy is based around that salary cap. You can't afford to take hits in your salary cap early on. You want to build that salary cap up, another half a million to a million in those early rounds, and then you can pretty much bring in whoever you want for the second half of the year without worrying what happens and that's, that's what you're working on a lot of the time. Now, obviously, you know, overall, you've got to keep competing. You've got to get four figures minimum each round. Otherwise, you, you won't be able to compete. Um, but you, it, that's the balance. Um, let's go to Benj now. Of Fare, Kotrick, Suli, Kelly and Burns, which two would be your pick if you had them in your 17, Pete? Um, I think we can cross out Farre after last week, but uh, we've got what Kotrick against the Sharks. That's not going to be an easy one. Suli against the Panthers after that big round one score. Kelly, um, 
against Souths. It could be ripe for the taking. And then, of course, Braden Burns, who looked so good in the charity shield against a manly team that, in the past, anyway, have given up points, lots of points to centres and wingers. Well, I'll start with um, the one I've seen the most of, and I was really impressed with Brian Kelly. Uh, the Gold Coast had some wraps on him, and he played very well the other day for Manly, uh, scored a good try early on. And I'm sure Andrew would agree that uh, he's probably one of the better players for Manly. I thought he, he's very, very quick. And I think he's got great potential. And I think, yeah, he's, he's cheap, super coach-wise, and I think he'd be my first pick amongst it. Um, we have discussed Nick Kotrick on the show before. I know he is up against Cronulla, but the Canberra have a lot of um, scoring potential in their back line, and he's on the end of it, as we've said, and I think I think he'd be my other pick in that 17. He's, it's a tough one. Yeah, it'd be um, hard yeah, to leave I'd out. Be... It's hard to leave out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. I think I think you go with the guys with the greatest upside, and to me, that's Suli and Kelly at the moment. Uh, and we yeah, that'd be my choice too, mate, I think. Let's look at what Bazinga underscore SC asks. Which mid-priced forward should we be keeping an eye on this week as potential trade-in options prior to round three? Andrew, we've covered some of them in Finucane and DeBellin. Uh, there are some others out there that um, also did well. The Warriors had some decent performers without going quite as large as, as those two. And Joel Thompson, I guess we've also talked about on the show. Um, or mid-price, I guess. I mean, maybe someone like a, a Sofa Solomona. You know, he didn't have a, a great game supercoach-wise uh, this week. But, you know, with Bromwich out, there's only... I mean, he could be playing more minutes. Um, Matangi had a great game. You know, he's just under 200,000. So he's more on the cheaper side, isn't he? Yeah, so he's a good one. Um, yeah, so he, he did well. He, he had great point per minute. I think it was over one... Point per minute, yeah. So that, that's pretty good, and um, I think Felice Cafusi as well. I mean, these guys are still they're under two hundred thousand. So I guess you could even call them cheapies, and that's that, yeah, that's who I'd be looking at to keeping an eye on. John Sutton, three sixty six thousand, but he was very good. Uh, Shannon Boyd and Luke Bateman, good for the Raiders. Um, Suaso Su playing on the edge now, playing eighty minutes. You know, getting the mid fifties. There's some guys there that we're keeping an eye on um, that aren't too, too expensive. Um, wasn't as impressed with Sion Matautio. Now, I know that Knights had the injury to Pythian and he had to go out in the centres, but th- that was probably one 308,000 you were hoping for a bit. A bit more than we saw that week, but Titans this week, he might be able to shine. Um, finally, Wits asks, keep Luke one more week or trade him to McInnes. Also, have I missed the boat with Suley? Thinking Pythian to him, is it worth it, Ryan? Um, take it away. Yeah, no, you haven't missed the boat with Suley. <laughs> Jump on that. <laughs> Jump on him. Get on, him. The ride. Get on the boat. you got one more round. <laughs> <laughs> Drag him on. Doesn't matter how. Just get him there. Um, as for the Luke v McInnes, um, look, I'd probably keep Luke. Um Yes, he's got the rib injury, but it, he's been named. It doesn't look like he's going to miss out. Um, any well, everyone knows he's a quality player. And if news, if the Warriors are going well, then he's probably going to be um, in amongst it. Um, so, yeah, so I'd probably stick with him. Uh, McInnes is a is a very enticing trade. However, 
yeah, we're looking that extra week as we talked about McInnes earlier. Sully's a must-have in look, and we talked about get rid of some of your underperforming, more expensive players. But in the case of Pithy, and he's got to go. He's one fifty-six, I think, one fifty-three. So he's just that awkward price. He's not going to play pretty much the rest of the year. So it's a simple trade. You'll make thirty something thousand, and hopefully you can make that work for you with your other trade this week. Uh, Wits, and that's that's pretty much it, um, guys. We had a lot to get through again as we seem to do each and every week. But um, footy's just around the corner again, round two, Thursday night. Uh, Andrew, thanks so much for uh, for tonight. No worries, mate. It could be a two-hour show, couldn't it? Yeah, there's a lot to digest, a lot to get through, and that's for sure. And, and you know, we'll just keep doing the best we can for you. You know, we, we love the tweets, so keep coming. Ryan, thank you very much. No worries at all. We'll talk to you next week. And, Peter, thank you. Uh, you. Are you heading down to Wollongong on Sunday? Yeah, I intend to. Should be a great game. A late night. I wonder what made them put that on at 6.30. Seems an odd time slot. Maybe they thought it'd be warmer. <laughs> Maybe. Well, good luck with that one, and it should be a great game. And I am Paul Grisadka, Paulie G. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you go to the website, www.supercoachpros.com. Look at all the content that's online there, and follow us on Twitter if you don't already, at SuperCoachPros. And download this at the iTunes. That's it for another week. Talk to you on Tuesday. Bye for now.